It's time for the Orlando Lions Den Podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. Turn for Mueller, but he's uh, run himself into trouble. Barrels on Mueller! Well, it just gets better and better for Chris Mueller. Better and better for Orlando City. They lead by two goals to nil, and Mueller has the second goal of his young professional career. Oh, what a goal that was by Chris Mueller. And then he did the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo thing. Hi-ya! Yeah, I know you like here. that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Man, I was all over Twitter with all that. What's happening, everyone? And welcome to another exciting edition of Orlando Lions Den Podcast. I'm JJ along with... Alex, what's up, guys? Eddie, what's up, everyone? And we have a special guest. What's happening? What's and who are on? you? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Miguel Gallardo. My birth, Miguel Gallardo. My, my, my good friends call me Miggy. Miggy, Miggy. <laughs> Miguel Gallardo is in the house from Orlando City. Uh, so, great, exciting news. We got three, right? Three in a row now. Three in a row. Oh, three, three. Three, three wins in a row. And uh, we're going for our fourth. We're going for our fourth this weekend against San Jose. Um, I want to thank, first off, Casey's Sports Bar here in Lake Mary for giving us the opportunity for uh, spending every Tuesday night here uh, doing our podcast. And we have Field Turf USA, another great sponsor. Do a lot of the pitches in the, all over the, some of the best pitches all over the world. We're glad to have them on board as well. All right. So let's talk about Philadelphia and uh, the game up there in the brotherly love city. Uh, Philly, where we came out with the 2-0 victory over them. Goals by Dom Dwyer and Chris Mueller. Uh, I want to know uh, what you guys thought about the game, and uh, give me your opinions on uh, everything. Who wants to go first here? I'll start. You start, Alex. I thought it was a great performance, uh, very well put together. I like what uh, Jason Christ said after the game, how he couldn't be happier, because for me, I felt really the same way. I mean, in the first time and probably... Uh, Almost a year now, it was just a total, complete performance, you know, from start to finish. Aside from that, maybe that, like, 5 or 6-1 game that we had last year in the middle of the, the big rut. But uh, I was very happy. The defense played fantastic. Sané just gets better and better week by week. Uh, for me, just, just one of the best guys on the pitch. And I hope to see it continue. I think we the, the schedule is favorable. Eddie? Yeah, I'm, I was real excited about it. It was one of those um, kind of gritty road wins you like to see. We lost a possession kind of battle, right, which you do on the road. Uh, we, we didn't uh, have as many shots, but we had two on goal, and they were both goals. Um, it was just tough. A lot of people were getting stuck in. You saw some extra defensive work from Sasha and other people like that. And I was just, just real excited. Complete performance. People were getting more comfortable. We are getting more chemistry, and it was, it was gutsy, and I thought we controlled the, the match pretty well after uh, we got that lead, which is just impressive on the road. Miguel, what did you think of the game? Yeah, um, it obviously was, listen, three points away. Yeah, They're always good, no matter how. At the end of the day, sometimes it's not going to be the best football in terms of, uh, you know, the, the possession, the, the stats are may not going to be there. But at the end of the day, the most important stat is the goals, and, and that was in our favor. Well, would I say it was a 90-minute complete performance? No. I thought uh, uh, that there was some lapses during the game that uh, – it was a little bit of loss of control, but give credit to Philadelphia Union to have uh, very, very good players, very dynamic with Picot and, uh, 
and David Okamda, we know that he's been pretty much a nightmare every time we've had to face him. Indeed. But uh, sometimes it doesn't have to be pretty. I, I take, uh, you know, I, I don't think that we should take for granted the ability to grind out results. Uh, I think a lot of times uh, we're accustomed to watching these videos by Barcelona and Bayern Munich and Manchester City, but there's only very few teams like that in the, uh, in the world. If you look at the rest of the games in England, a lot of times teams that are grinding out results is not the prettiest. And I think Orlando City had a good control match for most of the game, even even when they were under fire by Philadelphia Union, because they did have some opportunities that Joe Bending had to come out pick. Yep. But I think uh, overall, I think it was the most complete performance so far. I still think there's a lot of room to grow and a lot of things to fix. But, you know, it's a, it's a process. I think slowly the players are coming into the team, players that were injured, players that were obviously... Uh, uh, coming with little nicks and knocks here and there from their previous teams. But from, from where we are right now, I think it was a pretty good performance uh, given, obviously, the beginning of the season. Uh, with R.J. Allen, R.J. Allen goes out injured, and then uh, Higita comes in. Seems like the dynamic of the game totally changed with Higita coming in. What do you guys think about that sub? And everybody's been kind of not criticizing, but kind of being – on Higuita's, you know, hey, he's not playing, what's going on? All of a sudden, he comes in. I mean, to me, he played phenomenal in the game against Philadelphia. What did you uh, think with Higuita coming in? Uh, like like Cleon says, no Higuita, no party. Uh, you know, he was fantastic. We've been saying it for a, a couple weeks now, even before the season started. Yeah. Uh, our options at right back with Will Johnson. You know, it's no secret that last year, when we did have that nice stretch uh, in the beginning of the season, we were playing solid defense and not, not allowing a lot of goals. Will Johnson was an anchor right there, right back before Scott Sutter came and uh, was able to, to take over. So uh, I was happy to see him switch over there. I think hats off again to Jason Christ for making the correct sub. I, he had a uh, chance to bring in Donnie Toya. I think that was maybe the idea, but uh, it was yeah. that or Higita, and I think he brought in the – the guy that was more ready to play, Higitif, was fantastic. Yeah, I definitely think that that was a smart sub. Last week I said I thought that they'd maybe bring in Yuri and then, you know, do the normal right-back sub that we've been doing. But I would like to see Higita get that chance. I'm glad he did. He, he, his, he had 94% passing accuracy. He had no yellow cards when the team had four, you know, <laughs> which is a surprise. <laughs> he had some nice tackles. He was in control. He said he's been working on his offense and been working hard. I'm glad he got a shot. Um, Kreis has some some difficult choices to make here. I think Will played right back. And Miguel, I wanted to bring up something you've been saying. Not only did Will um, play right back, is that his best position? Is that what, we should, what should, should we do going forward? Listen, it's a difficult one because you have to look at uh, what we have at right back. And we have Scott Sutter. And you have, uh, obviously, RJ Allen, which they are both very technical players, very good players, especially going forward. They give you a lot. They bring a lot to the table. And when you play a diamond, you need to have your right back, your left back to be very dynamic like that, to, be, to get involved in the attack uh, quite a bit. Obviously, the diamond wasn't giving us the results that we wanted. Uh, the, also, the other thing is with the diamond, uh, for me, if you don't have a really, really good number 10 that can be dangerous in the middle, your attack becomes very predictable. I don't know if you guys remember, but the first, two, first games that we played, when uh, teams would score on us, they would kind of sit back and all we would answer with was crosses after crosses after crosses and there was no answer. There was no creativity. So what happens with the diamond is when you don't have that number 10 that can be very dangerous in the middle, uh, then your attack becomes predictable with those guys out wide. Having said that, with the new formation that he's tried in the last games, uh, when you have two guys in the holding midfielder position, then you don't rely so much on your fullbacks to, uh, to attack, Right. You do still want them to go forward because you want them to create overlaps. You want them to give you some width. But you already have natural width with guys like, uh, in this particular case, um, Chris Mueller oh. on the other side, Stefano Pino. You can have Justin, uh, Justin Miram. You can have Josue Colman. Uh, but uh, going back to the right-back position, when you talk about a player like uh, Will Johnson, it's a player that knows his role very well. He knows that uh, his priority as a right back is not to get scored and is not necessarily what he can bring to the table offensively. You know, not to say that That's he doesn't have abilities yeah. to go forward because he does have abilities to go forward. He can attack very well. He did so uh, last game a couple of times, and I thought it was very. Uh, they had very close opportunities. So, you know, again, 
I think Will Johnson is a, is a hardworking guy, and that's very responsible in the back. And then you talk about the Iguita, uh, Iguita situation. I did an interview with Iguita last year, uh, in the beginning of the season, and I asked him why he felt like uh, he was really happy with the team, and he said he was really happy with Jason Christ because he was encouraging to to go forward. And immediately I thought to myself, and I didn't tell him at that time, but mm -hmm. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't do that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean to say, you know, you don't have the ability to go forward. But for me, Gita has this ability, kind of like the old uh, Makelele, like Gattuso. He's a, he's a natural destroyer. Yep. And he's very good on the ball as well. So what a player like that, you, he has to do is, Know his role. What's your role? You are a destroyer. You are, you are a, a defensive holding midfielder. You destroy the play, and you support your, hold, your uh, center backs. And when you get the ball, give it to the ones that know. Give it to the ones that get paid to attack and go forward, and then just open up for some support. So for me, having that guy in the bench was always like, we need that guy on the field. On the field, yeah. If you're going to play with two holding midfielders, because what happens is, When you have a guy with defensive abilities like Christian Iguita and you give him the freedom to go forward, suddenly you're going to lack on the defensive end. The concentration levels, this positional knowledge is not the same. So when you play a diamond and you have a guy that isn't necessarily the most of, uh, offensive guy in terms of uh, uh, you know, what he's used to, you got that guy going forward. You got Scott Sutter going forward. You got the other guy going forward on the left side. Then you're, unprote you're unprotected. You're unprotected in you're the unprotected. back You're unprotected. So yeah. uh, I think that uh, when we play, uh, not to extend it too long, but when you play a guy with two guys in the uh, holding midfielder, which I think we should continue to do, Christian Aguita is your guy knowing that, hey, uh, Yuri or Yoshimaru Yutun, whoever plays beside him, That's the guy who's going to go a little bit more forward, have a little bit more freedom to be creative and express themselves. You protect him. You cover him up. And I think that that way you're going to avoid uh, counterattacks. You're going to be a little bit more balanced, and I think that will give the team a little bit more success, just like he's shown last game. Correct. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too. I mean, I think at this point, Yuri, he's got a, a spot to fight for. You know, it's not as automatic as it may have been before in the past where he was just going to slide in and, and be the guy. Higita has been playing really well. I think him and Yoshi make a great combination. As if we're going to keep running that two defensive holding mids, him and Yoshi, fantastic combo. Peruvian, Colombian, you know, these guys are, are both South American. They're South ready American. to, they're, they're yep. similar guys. And, and if I was going up against them, knowing that it was Yoshi and Higita, those guys are tough guys to, to get through. I mean, sure. they're enforcers. <clears throat> yeah, and, and Yoshi is a great pension for those deep um, passes from deep, you know, those kind of looping crossers to get people through, whether it's Miriam or Dwyer. So Gita stealing the ball, you know, k killing their, the attack, passing it over to uh, to um, to to Yoshi to really kind of get our offense geared going. Now to, to go on what Miguel was saying, the last match we had nine crosses, and against New York Red Bulls, when offensively we were pretty sharp, we had nine crosses. When we lose, we average almost 30 crosses, 25. Correct. Because they just move us sideways and we just cross it and we don't have the big guys in the middle. One dimensional. It, yeah, yep. exactly. So I think the, even the, the two defensive midfielders gave Sasha more freedom too, got him the ball more quickly, and you could see what he could do with space with that pass to Dwyer. Look how much space he had on the, on the ball. So yeah. that was cool. All right, let's listen to what Dwyer had to say uh, after the game on uh, Friday night. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic cross from Sasha. Um, just a little chip through. Um, Managed to stay on side, and um, yeah, my right foot's good at the moment. Did you mean to control that with your back on the first touch? Yeah, well, I uh, I figured if if I let it go, it was going to run through too much, so I just tried to get a little touch on it, um, and it managed to you know lay nicely for me, and I finished off. Four goals in your last three games. Uh, have you been doing anything different in training to kind of you know find the back of the net even more? Nah, I've just been playing. Um, you know, obviously I wanted to get on the field and uh, help the boys out, and I think we're um, you know we're, we're getting a good stride now. Um, we're starting to put in some good performances, and obviously a clean sheet tonight is, is really what we wanted. And, of course, we scored some goals again, and we got a result. All right, Dom scores another goal, so I guess he scores when he wants. <laughs> um, and uh, he's going uh, big time, scoring goals. I mean, he's, it's, it's working. Whatever's working is working. And uh, what do you think, makes? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think uh, if we know something about Dom is that one of the hardest working guys on the field, the guy doesn't stop running. 
you know, right there with his comment about he meant to hit it with his back. I think Dom Dwyer is the type of guy that if he crosses it and it somehow it goes in, he'll say that he'll try to put it yeah. in. So I'm not surprised of his answer right there. <laughs> uh, that being said, that, uh, that, that, that little chip that passed by Sasha Kleston was fantastic. Uh, was, uh, you know, the patience on, the, on that ball was, was great and also the creativity to chip it over. <clears throat> and then the, the the great thing that Dom has is uh, his ability to finish. Yes. You know, he's a natural finisher. You know, if you notice on that goal, he hits it with the with the with the inside of his foot, really aiming for that corner. Because listen, you got a guy in front of you, uh, uh, Blake. Blake, yeah. Uh, who is a, a great shot stopper. He's he's big, he's fast, and he's strong. So you're gonna need to do something special to beat him, especially from that distance. So uh, Dom Dyer had a great finish there. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, he scores when he wants. He's had a great season so far. He was lacking a little bit last season towards the end, but you understand because the team was going through a difficult time. He maybe didn't have a lot of passers. He didn't have as many balls uh, available to him. And also the team mentally, uh, it just wasn't a, a, a good place for him. And I could see how he was getting frustrated. But now, I mean, he came to the right place, not because it's Orlando City, a place that really wanted him, but also because now he has so many guys that can feed him. He's going to have a lot of fun. And, uh, and it's showing off right now at the at the beginning of the year. You know, he's scoring those goals. He's, I mean, he's having fun. And yeah, that's the most yeah. important thing. Like you're saying, last year at the end of the year, it didn't look like he was he was into the uh, Orlando City. Even though he loves Orlando, he loves to be here and everything. You can tell that it wasn't there, you know. Well, Laren left. Now it's him. Dwyer's by himself. You know, we got Mueller. We got everybody else. Pino to back him up. But you could tell he has. He, it's another exciting the way he's playing and doing everything. Um, what do you think about Dom and scoring goals and how he's, you know, yeah. distributing and helping out Orlando City? He scores, like I said, what he wants. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. I'm just, <laughs> man, he's been so good. He's changed the Dolphins so much. The, the, Have the you changed runs. his mind? Have you changed your mind? On yeah, him? I, I I just thought he was good. I thought maybe we paid a little more than than we needed to at the time. But so far, I'm I'm meeting Crow. It's been phenomenal. <laughs> I have no problem with that. My team wins, and so be it. And he's been he's been great. And um, he's scoring at a better clip than he was in, in SKC. Let's be honest, you know. Um, so you know, he just the the smart runs. Even when you see him when he comes back and gets the ball. He makes some good passes. Yeah. He's been he's been working hard so that, on defense. Overall, I think he's just changed the, the shape yeah. and dynamic in our offense. How many goals is this since he's came back? Four for him. Four. But how much has the team scored? Um, nine? nine, nine goals in the last nine. three matches. Yeah. Yeah. And he, right when he shows up, that's not a coincidence. No, no, no. I think that's a, and that's one of the things that Dom Dora does. Where if you if you guys remember uh, back in the USL days, if you really think about it, every forward that played for the for our team was the Golden Boot. Was because the team was designed to play for the forward. Uh, most of the goals by uh, Max Griffin, you know, great player, Dennis Chin, a lot of the goals were basically tap-ins. You know, they made good runs because we practiced that on the field. But the difference between them and Dom Dwyer, that Dom Dwyer made his own goals. Dom Dwyer also, he, he, he finished those tap-ins that the team played for, but Dom Dwyer with, with his ability also made his own goals, got a ball, turned a, turned a defense, turned a defender, and then have a great finish. So, uh, you know, he's... he's uh, Obviously, he's somebody that uh, even against a couple of players, he can do his own damage. He can hold the ball very, very well. But also, he's a very he's very smart with his runs, and uh, I think he's creating a really good association, really good chemistry with Sasha Kleshton. And I think it's just a matter of time before also Justin Merriam and the rest of the guys around him really click and, uh, and start producing a little bit more. And you saw it in the last game with Sasha. You know that yeah. nice pass to him. Yeah. Uh, Dom was onside. No questions asked. He was onside. Yeah. And uh, it was a beautiful pass, and it, it went was. right to him, and, and he scored. And we've seen how what Sasha can do when he has a striker who makes smart runs and can finish. So, you know, we can see the du duplicate again with double-digit assists from Sasha. Oh, yeah, it's uh, definitely coming. You could tell it's coming. I mean, Dwyer has been able to uh, to make finish. When, in the first couple of games when we didn't have him, there was opportunities that we may have had, and we could tell that now that we've had him, you know, he was the main piece that we were missing. So we need – Really, him to stay healthy, I think that's the number one thing. Um, you know, not overuse him. The schedule right now is pretty light with, you know, game a week at this moment, but it's, it won't be too long until we start having the three-game and eight days, uh, you know, those, those type of terrible um, weeks. So at that point of the season, it's going to be very vital to keep him, him healthy so he can continue to score goals. I think at this point with Miram and Kleshin right behind him, he's got a great opportunity to, to do some real damage and challenge for the golden boot in the MLS. And Miguel, so do you think this this shape is more conducive to Don Dwyer scoring and the way he plays than the diamond? Um, listen, I think uh, 
It definitely helps him out a little bit. But, the, you know, the diamond, too, the diamond is, is designed to give him a lot of crosses, too. But the diamond is a little bit more predictable. Uh, I, think, I think the diamond could work as well, especially now when you have Uri. We talked about the Zigita and Yoshimar Yutuna, you know, a combination. We talked about the Zigita and, uh, and uh, Uri Rossell. But Uri Rossell can play the diamond by himself. Uh, oh, yeah. Uri Rossell is somebody that, uh, that uh, is not necessarily the guy that's going to get you know, to get inside the box when there's a cross, but it's a guy that keeps the teams very balanced. He's the guy that's going to make, you know, a, 90, a high 90s uh, percentage in terms of his passing. And also uh, defensively, he's very good at, uh, at position. He knows his role. He knows that uh, he gives ball, and uh, he's always going to be there for support. That's something he does very well. So I think that's the beauty of the, the depth that we have as of now, especially in that midfield position, that we can play both. And uh, Jason Kreis, I, I, even though I think that we're... we're, we're uh, leaning towards the 4-2-3-1, uh, I think the diamond is not something that he's going to forget because he really likes the diamond. And I think the diamond is a great formation if you can play it well, if you have the right players. And Rui Rossell, Dom Dwyer, Justin Miram, Joshimar Yotun, I think uh, I think he's got the right players if he's able to to teach it properly and is able to get the guys to really understand what the, what he's trying to do. So uh, yeah, do I do I think either one of them uh, favors Dom Dwyer? Not really, because at the end of the day, he's going to get crosses. He's going to get passes from Sasha Kleston, and uh, he's going to be there to finish him. And uh, like oh. you said, he scores when he wants, and he knows yeah. how to score. I didn't. Say, you yeah. said it like three times. Don't blame this on me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that's true. I think the wall says okay, that, I too. said that. <laughs> Um, man of the match uh, for this Philadelphia game to finish off this uh, uh, review of the game. Let's start with Alex. Who's your man of the match? Uh, it's tight for me. I was really impressed with, with uh, Lamine Sané. I mean, he's getting better and better week by week. Uh, we said it when we first signed him that he has potential to be the, a top center back in the league, and I think he's well on his way. However, I'm going to give it to Joe Bendick. I mean, when you save points on the road, he easily saved at least a point for us. Um, you know, had a couple of great opportunities come his way, and he had two or three huge saves that, um, frankly, we didn't really see for him in the last couple of weeks. So he got on his game. Uh, I was very happy to see him back. Uh, I was impressed with Joe Bendick and glad that uh, that he was able to pull us through. Eddie? Yeah, I mean, as much as I want to give it to, like, uh, Chris Mueller for, for that, that great um, kind of goal, I, I'm really happy with Lamine Sané, how he organized the defense. They they did get some one on ones and stuff, but it was more from the wings, you know. But though that that pension he has for those offside traps are amazing, and I feel like he's probably our best organizer and communicator, center back. And we have three really good center backs. I'm just excited. He's coming into the form that we expected when we got a Bundesliga caliber center back. So I, I just think he's going to be one of the best center backs in the league. He's already on his way there. Miguel. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one for me, fellas. Honestly, I think there was a lot of bright spots in this game. I think there's a lot of uh, people that turned in the best performance yet. Uh, I do agree with you in the terms of Joe Bendick. He came clutch whenever you needed him to be, to be big. I think he made saves that could have changed the game, that uh, that did change the game. Uh, not only did it stop Philadelphia from scoring and then really getting on top of the momentum, but making a good save and then charging uh, the energy uh, towards uh, Orlando City. I think he had a great performance uh, and, uh, you know, Lam, uh, Sané, I think he had a good performance, too. I mean, he was a top-five defender in the Bundesliga. I mean, just let that set for a second. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of time if he finds his rhythm that he'll be, he'll be top. He is very good with the offside trap, which is something very difficult to master, but it's not a one-man show. It's a, it's a four-man show, and the goalkeeper as well obviously involved. So I think that uh, they both had a good game. I will rescue also Higuita that came in, oh, stepped yeah, up. Yeah, Especially the most difficult thing about his performance was the mental side of the game as somebody that uh, maybe initially in, uh, in the beginning of the season was somebody that felt like maybe the team was trying to trade for him or maybe the, the, somebody that maybe feel like he didn't fit in. And so for him to get the opportunity after he did get a start a couple games ago and didn't have his best game, he didn't really perform very well, I think he stepped up and uh, he, he, he changed the game. He gave the team balance. He gave the team uh, a sense of uh, safety. And I think he had himself a big game besides, obviously, Chris Mueller. I think uh, besides the goal, I think he had a really good defensive performance. And uh, a lot of people talk about the lineup and why Jason Kreis had Chris Mueller on the right and uh, Stefan Opinion on the left. Did, are we going to be more offensive? I think it's the opposite. I think he was going to be a little bit more conservative, conservative. reason-wise, because these guys are in a different situation, uh, a different situation where they are right now on the team. They're both looking for a place on the team. One of them is looking to make a name for himself in the MLS. The other one is a rookie that's coming into the league, and I think they're both willing to do things that maybe 
set aside their person, what they want to do eventually, which is be potential, which should be goal scorer. And I think they were both willing to do the running. Uh, and I think they both did so very well. So I think uh, they both are a bright spot for me. Uh, I'm going to give it to little Ronaldo because um, <laughs> you, uh, you guys all gave it to goalkeeper defensive player. So yeah. uh, I'm going to give it to little Ronaldo, who's going to be the rookie of the year. I'm calling it right you now. Call, yeah, you think you called yeah. it earlier this year. Uh, rookie of the year, yeah. uh, Chris Mueller. Uh, and like Miguel said, you know, he came back for defense. He, he was all over the place. He had a tremendous game, scored the goal. The pressure, Getting, too, on the, the, on pressure, the keeper that he does. I mean, the, how young this kid is, and he's, I mean, he's out there, and he's playing yeah. his heart out, and he's, I mean, give him three years. Uh, I'm, he's going to be gone. He'll be somewhere. But the way he's playing and he continues this way, he's going to be something special. Yeah. And if we can keep him, he will be something big here in Orlando. And, and hats off to, to Dom. He said, um, Chris said, Mueller said that um, Dom told him just to, uh, when he's in the box, just shoot it. Just create chances. And I felt like earlier in the season, we were hesitant in the box at times as a team. And he just, just rocketed from the top. And you put pressure on the keeper, make him for, yeah. force him to make saves, look so, what happens. So that's one of the good things about Chris Mueller is that uh, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big thing. He doesn't care. He doesn't care to, to express himself and really do him. And I think that's uh, that's an ability that the top player and a top forward need to have. Now, I'm yeah. not con- so concerned. That cockiness I'm, kind of thing? Co- that's exactly yeah. right. The little cockiness, the little X factor yeah. that Dom Dwyer has. Yeah, Dom Dwyer. A lot of. Yeah, yeah. Dom, Dom. Uh, <laughs> Give me some, Dom. I, I need I, some. I think that, uh, that, that Chris Mueller has that, and I think that's a big part of uh, an indicative for me that he's going to be successful. Yeah, and making him a fan favorite, too. I mean, it's yeah. it's fun to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah, watching the broadcast from home, the first thing that they put out before the game even started on uh, ESPN was that Philadelphia was starting with the youngest back line in MLS history, right. uh, their four that they had. So I was really happy. Chris Mueller like, was, I think, like the second oldest out of the five of them. Five so of them. if you take the four and Chris Mueller, he's the second oldest. Um, but he forced him into that mistake. And same thing really with Dwyer. I mean, on Dwyer's goal, we caught him. Just a tad bit keeping him on side. Yeah, the left back fell asleep and he fell asleep. On. He's 19 years old. You know, you can expect that to happen in, a, in Major League Soccer when you're playing with such young kids. And then Mueller, the, the defender, probably should have cleared the ball, and he kept the pressure, made the defender sweat, got it right out of him, and ripped it, and put it right in the back of the net. We scored, so. we scored two goals on Andre Blake with two shots on goal. Yeah, that's yeah. 100. That's on. That's awesome. All right, guys, let's talk about the new starting eleven for this week. Ooh. Because with injuries and Higuita playing the way he is, and uh, Will played great at right back. What what's the starting eleven? What do you guys think, Alex? I think Will's got to be. I mean, by by default, he'll be at right back. I mean, unless yeah. R.J. Yeah. Allen gets some of the miracle spray every night that they had that they used to have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Unless he comes back, Sutter seems like he's been having some issues. We called that out too. Um, with with the knee thing, you know, you, you saw getting ice, and that maybe has become more of an issue than what it be, uh, was initially thought to be. So uh, I'm thinking that Will, John, Will Johnson make the start at right back. Um, like Miguel's saying, I mean, Yuri Rossell, he's a fantastic player. He's a guy that can definitely hold down that diamond 100%. Uh, and we know Jason Christ loves the diamond. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, we obviously know Will Johnson will be at right back, but... Will we break out Yuri uh, at home to to maybe run in with that diamond and then maybe possibly see a sub if we're switch it up. tied or trailing into that four two three one? I can probably see that happening just uh, uh, at home yeah. just to kind of get him at in. halftime. Maybe switch it up, let Yuri yeah. play the forty five minutes. Yeah, they said he's about sixty minutes fit or something like that. You know, so you know if if we switch it, I think uh, Christ alluded to that before, like we said last week that that it, the diamond only works with like a real six, which Yuri is. So I don't think we're not going 100% diamond, diamond. until Yuri is 100% fit. So I, I don't think he is yet, so I think we go 4-2-3-1 again. I think you know, the right-backs are all hurt, so Will's at right-back, which I'm fine with. I've been calling for a while. And then we go Igita Yoshi in the midfield again. That I think Mueller starts again over Colman, but I think Maron comes back. Yep. I think That's he deserves to come back. Yeah. He, you paid him all this. He's a really good player. He's gonna With him on, on the same page as Dom and Sasha, our offense could be devastating, and we need him to get minutes and – he had played a lot with Iraq. It was a short week. And Pino, Pino defensively put a great shift in and should have had a goal. But it was cleared off the line. So I was impressed with Pino, too. Yeah, Pino was great. He did great also. And, you know, we talked about depth at the yeah. beginning of the season. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's showing now. You know, Miram comes in in the game, you know, late. He was playing for Iraq. You know, yeah. he, he played all those games, short week. And he had that, that assist. It should have been a goal. 
the end. Yeah. yeah. So basically, having him come off the bench, giving him some rest, you know, it's it's helping us out. Yeah. Pino, like you said, played great, phenomenal, great. So I think the depth's helping us big time. Coleman, you know, Mueller's playing good. Yeah. Maybe next week he doesn't. Coleman steps up. Seems yeah. like somebody's stepping up in each game yeah, to do point. something. Yeah. So. Uh, that's my take. And uh, as we we'll, said, you know, over the course of the season, they get real. It gets tough. The stretch. Yeah, yeah. That is going to be huge. When we're going to have guys stepping up, it's going to be nice to know that you got a game on Sunday, and then you got another game. Then following Saturday, that the Wednesday game in the middle, Coleman's going to be fresh yeah. and he's going to be ready. And we're going to have Yoshi you know, in the World like Cup, that. so that you're going to have some midfield clarity there a little bit. And remember, Coleman was got the number ten jersey. Sasha's going to need some rest at some point. Maybe Coleman right. plays in that spot. And then you got the U.S. Open Cup. Miguel, yeah. what's your starting eleven? Oh man, that's a tough one. Let me let me text Jason real quick. See if I let, <laughs> let, let us have, uh, name drop it. Yeah, but you know what? You guys are. I don't. Th- you know, in my opinion, you guys are not far off. Especially with that. Uh, uh, with that, I think he'll go four two three one. Again, I agree with you with uh, Chris Mueller and uh, the Justin Miram. I think Justin Miram will come back. I think it was an issue the fact that uh, he played with the national team, so his fitness level was had dropped a little bit. But I think he's had a good you know, two weeks to recover and get back up to par with the rest of the guys. I think Justin Miller will come back in and then uh, the holding midfield situation, I think it'll give, uh, he'll, he'll give Iguita again uh, and uh, and Joshi Mario too. I think that's kind of what it look, what it's going to look like. I think eventually when Uri comes back, then we'll have a little more difficult uh, time predicting lineups. Uh, I don't think that uh, Uri will be ready for this weekend. I, I don't I don't know. I really haven't talked to the, the, the people in the communication department, but uh, I think that uh, he will jump in at some point, depending on what the game is is going like. But we're not far off. I think that's that should be, and I think, uh, and I'm happy about it. I think it's a good lineup, and I think uh, uh, San Jose team is a good team. Uh, but I think Orlando City with that lineup is good, probably as strong as it can be right now. Very good. Cool. All right, let's go to our writers' take. Uh, Alex Ryder, our editor for OrlandoLinesDen.com. Uh, let's listen to what he has to say on his writers' take. Hey gang, this is Alex with another edition of Writer's Takes. I am very, very pleased that with this week's match, we finally got a lead early in the match. We held that lead thanks to Joe Bendick, going back to being Joe Bendick. And we ultimately kept the ball moving to the point where we were able to keep the clean sheet. We were able to score two dynamic goals with Sasha Kleschen having one of the best passes I've seen by anybody in purple this year. So that being said, looking forward to San Jose, I'm, I feel like we have a lot of momentum, especially going home. Home. San Jose is a good Western Conference team, but we are becoming a very good Eastern Conference team with Dom Dwyer and everybody else getting healthy, with Chris Mueller getting hot, and with Sasha Kleschen finally being able to truly contribute to the games. So that being said, I feel a win coming on with a 3-1 victory for Orlando City with another Dom Dwyer goal. I'm going to just keep claiming a Justin Merrim goal until it happens. And another Sasha Kleschen goal. I feel like all those players are pretty hot right now, and it's going to be good. I like the the different formations that Jason Kreiss has been playing with, especially bringing in Pino and Mueller to flank as a pseudo 4-2-3-1 slash 4-3-3, depending on how you want to look at it and depending on the time of the match. But very positive outlook, again, coming from this team, a lot of momentum, and I think we're going to get four straight. My studs and duds. My stud goes to Joe Bendick for getting some incredible saves this week and to honestly to Chris Mueller 
honorable mention to Dom Dwyer, but Chris Mueller just coming alive and putting a spark in this team. He he was doing it on both sides of the ball this week with that with that determined as it's said by about Dom Dwyer, Boland China shop. He's the same way, and I think Dom's rubbing off on him. So him and he is definitely my other stud, and Dom is an honorable mention. My dud is honestly the injuries on the back line with Spectre being out on an, with another concussion and with RJ Allen going out, we've we're a little short, but Will Johnson stepped in and did a studly performance at right back, which should honestly earn him a honorable mention in the stud area. So, yeah, I'm feeling a 3-1 victory for Orlando City, and it's going to be a fun, entertaining match, and I hope I get to see some of you guys there, as I will be making the trip this week. So, have a great show, guys, and talk to you in the next one. All right, that was Alex Ryder, our Thanks, editor Thanks, from OrlandoLionsDid.com. So uh, he predicted three to one. Like Let's it. go to our fan talk questions. Our fan talk. You guys got some uh, questions to be asked yeah. from Twitter world? We got one from uh, one of our buddies who's here today. So uh, yeah. By, by the way, thank you, Lee, for uh, being behind me. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah Lee, Lee. Lee, uh, Lee is uh, LMW underscore three three seven. Good Orlando City follow. So give him a follow. Yes. He he said, um, "Can you guys see us as Shield or Cup contenders at any point with Bendik and goal?" Ooh, ooh, yeah. Should we ask the goalkeeper that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goalkeeper heat. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Miguel. The question was: Do you think uh, Joe Bennett could lead us in the gold, you know, in the, in the coppers, you know, the supporter shield? Is he the kind of keeper that that can win us, us silverware, get us to the next level? Uh, or? Listen, I think uh, it takes eleven players, right? And I think that uh, it also depends on the type of system that uh, that Jason is going to play. Uh, Jason, I mean, uh, Joe Bendick, as we have seen it, is probably is arguably one of the best shot stoppers in the league. Uh, you know, there are other things, other uh, facets of his game that he may not be the best at. But the way Orlando City has played over the last couple of years, he didn't have to be. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting now uh, with uh, Jason Christ, the way he's trying to play, be a little bit more possession oriented yeah. uh, to 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 have uh, Joe Bendick be a little bit more comfortable with his passing out of the back. Uh, and he doesn't have and here. And here's what happens is. Uh, when people talk about a goalkeeper that can play with his feet, without, people talk about a goalkeeper that uh, that's good with his feet. Uh, at the end of the day, the main goalkeeper's main job is to keep the goal safe. Uh, the reason why we need him to be good with his feet is because we need him to relieve pressure to from the pl- from the defenders when they're in trouble, and be able to keep the possession by maybe seeing a play before he receives the ball. Uh, he, we don't need him to make. You know, this top-notch passes swinging the field. And, you know, we don't need him to do that. We just we just need Joe Bendick. We need not just Joe Bendick. Whoever plays in the goal for the system, somebody that's going to be able to keep the possession when the team maybe doesn't have an answer on one side of the field. Uh, I think uh, he's tried. I think he's getting out of his comfort zone the last few games. You know, I think we've seen that, you know, he struggled a little bit here and there with that. But uh, I think as the team continues to be a little bit more possession-oriented, he's going to have to step up his game a little bit there. The other thing, too, is that when you have a team that's a little bit more possession-oriented, you're going to tend to be a little bit higher. So he's going to have to come off his line a little bit more and start to make decisions, which is for goalkeepers, the most difficult thing to do is to make decisions. And I think it was the game, the game against, Red, against Red Bull. He had a couple, a couple plays right in the beginning of the game where he needed to be alert, and he came and cleaned up, and he, uh, he played sweeper-keeper there very well. But then there was a couple where the communication wasn't the best and the timing wasn't the best either. When you play as a sweeper-keeper, your timing has to be on point, and it's just a matter of time before you get it wrong. So uh, uh, I think, obviously, he's a great shot stopper. It's going to depend how the team continues to evolve. Uh, but I think it's somebody that's co- he's somebody that's cold-blooded. He's very calm. He's not. He doesn't get nervous at all. 
and uh, he comes up big and makes big saves and key moments. It's at the end of the day, that's the type of goalkeeper that you need for a, for a playoff match. Let me ask you a question. Uh, last year, I mean, there was talks, uh, which I think he, he, I think he's a great keeper to me personally. I think he's a phenomenal keeper. Uh, I think that he should be on the U.S. national team, to be honest, get it, uh, given a chance, at least at it. At and uh, I know he's been called, um, I think, once to the to the, um, to the pool, to the big to the pool. pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, the to the pool the, party. Yeah, the pool party. Uh, do you think he he should um, give it get a chance at least maybe not start, but at least get top two or top three goalkeeper for the U.S. national team? Oh, man, it's a difficult one. You know why? Because mm -hmm. it depends on how the U.S. national team is going to play. So uh, we don't have a coach right now. I mean, we have a coach, Correct. but is he the coach going to? Is he going to be the coach that's going to be there for the long run? We don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, could Joe Bendick have been the coach for Bruce Arena and be successful? Yes, because Bruce Arena wasn't possession-oriented. Bruce Arena played ugly. Correct. And Tim Howard was probably really bad at distribution too. In fact, he was really bad Madden. at distribution too. Yep. Joe Bendick is not. I think Joe Bendick is better than Tim Howard in terms of his distribution, uh, or, or at least you know he he they're kind of in that same level. They're both really really good shot stoppers. Mm -hmm. As the U.S. national team continues to move forward, it's gonna we're gonna, it's gonna depend on who they bring in. If it's somebody that's gonna want a little bit more possession, it's gonna be so if it's gonna be who's gonna want to play out of the back even with pressure, then I think we're having to ask different questions. So. Uh, so yeah. there's different styles of goalkeepers, but what you're trying to say. That's 100%. Yeah. And until we know the coach and the style that they're going to try to play, mm -hmm. we won't know who is the, the right goalkeeper for the national team. But what is Joe, what is Joe Bendick good at? Making saves. He's Making a great saves. shot stopper. Okay, yeah. we look around the league. How many shot, good shot stoppers are there? There's a lot. There's a lot. So then you start thinking about it. I think your heart is talking right now. My heart's your talking. Purple heart is my talking. purple heart. I need him. Uh, that being said, <laughs> I think he's made some incredible saves. I mean, you talk about last year, he was uh, saved with a week. Uh, tremendous. Uh, uh, yeah. Every week, you know what I mean? But that's yeah. because the team was getting pounded sometimes. So there you if go. you put another goalkeeper yep. in his position, would they have had the save of the week? I don't know. I can't yeah, tell. He had the but most just, saves yeah. and also had the most goals allowed. Well, so correct. Kind of you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> I, I, but I, I do, what I do like and what I do appreciate about Joe Bendick is that uh, he's trying to get out of his comfort zone. I can see him trying to do things. Is he having success right now? I mean, it's not consistent, but uh, I think that uh, it's something that you have to start doing a practice. And it's also not something that you can develop from one day to the other. It's almost like a chip that you yeah. have as a goalkeeper and as a player. When the ball goes back to you, automatically you're thinking out of danger, I'm going to clear my lines. Correct. So you have to change that chip of when the ball goes back to you is I'm going to look up before I receive the ball so I can see to who see I can who. potentially pass. And if I don't have something, then I clear my lines. And that's where the difficult part is. Uh, that's where the <laughs> difficult part is when you're a goalkeeper that's trying to go from somebody that is more uh, plays direct rather than somebody that likes to play out of the back is changing that chip and also understanding when to play out of the back. Because... You, then you get confused of, oh, my coach wants him to play out of the back and then choose the wrong times. Wrong time. And then you become, you become, you go from being a weapon to a, uh, a liability. That's why you've seen some of those back giveaways in the back that's allowed some goals, preseason and things like that. Okay, that, that's, that's a great answer. You see goalkeepers, you just think of just saves, but to, to view it as part of the, the whole fabric of the team, that's, that's pretty cool. Thanks for that answer. So uh, the answer, at least question, I, I think... I think in MLS, I mean, like, like Miguel saying he's getting better, and I think he makes enough shots where if our offense continues to go up and, and sign in, the defense consolidates, I think we can make a good run. Yeah, I think definitely um, that Bendit could lead us to silverware. I mean, if that's the question, I think that maybe not lead us, but he could, he'll be on the roster. I mean, he'll be the starting well, keeper. Well, listen, at the end of the day, uh, you, need a, you need a goal, you need a, a forward that's going to score when he wants. Yeah. Exactly. And you need a goalkeeper that's going to make key plays at the right times. And I think Joe Bendix proven that he has he has done that. Even last year, I think uh, some of the games, if we go back, some of the games that we were able to salvage was because Joe Bendix made oh, one or two key saves. Yeah, yep. I feel like most of them, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he did better this match because he got some shots. He, like, woke them up a little bit, right? And, you know, that that being said, not to extend, over, uh, overextend too much, but that is mm -hmm. the most difficult thing to do for a goalkeeper is to play for a team that's possession-oriented. Why? Because your concentration levels have to be through the roof because you not me you may not be called upon but two or three times a game and those two or three times you have to be on point you look at barcelona real madrid yeah. how many times do they get shot on once or That's twice true. or three good times point. and they get scored on once or twice i like That's that it's the That's most difficult thing point. to do for a goalkeeper is to have to make decisions and joe joe bendick has had the fortune 
uh, this last couple of years that he's played for a team where he doesn't have to make a lot of decisions. So he, he has, has to be alert all the saves. time. He has, to make, he has to be alert all the time with all the shots flying out. Yeah, I think there was there was <laughs> maybe an interview with you and Joe, uh, Miguel, where maybe it was last year where Joe mentioned that the most important thing to him was the, the first save. That's the biggest thing was it's for huge. him. It's the very first save. And I feel like in the, in the last couple of games, uh, he, he hasn't gotten the first save. We let a goal in on yeah. the first the but, first attempt. But so. you know what the difference is? But the, uh, the last couple of games, the first save hasn't come right away. Yeah. yeah. So you have to go 15, 20 minutes, just 25 minutes, just hanging out, waiting for that, for waiting to make that save that's, that's going to give you the confidence. But, and within those first to 20, 25 minutes and you haven't had the first save, you've had to touch the ball with your feet three, four times. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's I think that's going to that's going to play a big role. So do I think Joe Bendick can take us to silverware? I think Joe Bendick can, uh, but he's going to have to evolve and he's going to have to evolve quickly as a goalkeeper. Better, with the, the attention, I blame is uh, he's having a baby, lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he played so much better oh, on the road. I know. Yeah, he, right? He played better on the road. Oh, my <laughs> God. Let me tell you something. Those beds. You have a baby too, right? <laughs> oh, 100%. Those 100%. And uh, I guarantee you he loves those away trips because just to be able to sleep for longer than three hours is just a huge blessing. Yeah, see, I was a crazy guy. There's That's something to true. it. Well, you're talking about the first save. Uh, what was it? It was Minnesota that he saved that PK. Wasn't that the first no, save? No, that was um, no DC United. Or DC United. That was yeah, his the, first the, save. His first save attempt against Portland was the PK. It was the PK. That's what and I was he saying. He almost got that yeah. one. Yeah. You're, all of a sudden so. you're asleep, and all of a sudden you got Diego <laughs> Valeri in your face. face. Yeah. All right. Any other questions? Oh um, no. Okay. Yeah, we got some from from Cleon. These are for you, Miguel. We have another partner in the podcast here, Cleon. So he, he wanted to ask you since you have your doing you know, a wealth of experience from um, USL and NASL. You're in Austin with the team, right? So what do you think about the potential, you know, Columbus move? Is Austin capable of having an MLS team? You know, that's a that's a tough question, man. You know, and I, I've I've thought about it a little bit and uh I, I really I really don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be successful. We had the Austin Aztecs over there. Did we have good attendances? I can't say that we did. I think we might have averaged two, three thousand for USL back in and now. Remember, the USL c- continues to grow year mm-hmm. and year, and t- suddenly you have MLS. I mean, USL teams have a, having better attendances than a lot of MLS teams. Uh, so this is back in a, back, you know, six, seven years ago that uh, that the, I was in Austin. The other thing too is in Austin, there's a lot of there's a big, big Latin community, uh, and Latin community doesn't really in general, don't nobody get offended over here, my Spanish people, doesn't support lower division teams. reason why is because we grew up playing soccer, so we think we know everything about soccer. That's we very think, true. We think we, we're better than the guys <laughs> that we're watching play because they're, they're division two, but we are clueless. You know, past half, t- past half time, we all think we're, we're, we're a coach, and uh, and uh, we know it's not only Spanish, Portuguese people <laughs> think the same <laughs> thing. Don't and, worry. And I think I think with a little bit of alcohol, everybody thinks yeah, he's a coach. Yeah, yeah. That being said, what I'm trying to say is that. We won't know until we have a team that's first division. You have some players that the Hispanic community respects just for their name. And I think that's when we'll know if uh, the team is going to be successful. Also, obviously, it's going to be important where they place the team. I mean, uh, right now, uh, Austin is is one of the hottest cities in the country. And it grows Mm -hmm. tremendously day by day. And, uh, you know, the downtown, I can't think of an area where they could play downtown. There's the University of Texas, but I don't Correct. think it's big enough for uh, for uh, for a professional uh, soccer team. You know, there's a lot of space a little bit farther away, kind of by, by the airport where the Circuit of the Americas is, where I think they actually were thinking about having a USL team and building a stadium there. That could be a potential place, but you're talking about that's 20 minutes away from the downtown. That's 30 minutes away from other suburbs, so I don't know. Yeah, correct. I think it's going to be interesting uh, where they want to put the stadium. and uh, But in terms of people really supporting the team, uh, it's a hard one for me. I can't really say for sure if it will be successful in that sense. I don't understand the whole love of, of – Texas, because Houston and Dallas have really two of the worst attendance it's just, numbers in, yeah, in yeah. the league. And Dallas cute. has one of the better, really better the better teams. But it comes back to their location. I mean, yeah. Da- yeah. I mean Dallas, 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 Dallas is not in Dallas. They're in Frisco. They're in Frisco. And Texas, the highways are long. And traffic sucks. Correct. Yeah, I'm from Texas, too. 100%. And Houston, too, I don't think the stadium is downtown either. No, no. And, you know, the thing is, this is a thing, Miss Nomer, that people think it's Latinos are all just going to show up. But I never even heard that dynamic. I never even thought about that, Miguel's point about how it's about a certain level. 
and look at the ratings. The most watched league is not is is Liga MX, and they're they're we're watching that. We're watching the Liga MX team beat our best team right now, yeah. and then they're used to seeing that. And then when, when you go in USL, they're like, who who's that? Look. And that's interesting because Columbus doesn't have big names. So I wonder if they move to Austin, do they need to get a big name 100%. to be successful? Yeah, they have to get big yeah. names. One hundred percent. But also just the fact that they're fir- that they're first division, and, yeah. it's uh, it's gonna be a big big okay. plus. But you know, talking about that, I have Mexican friends here, and I tell them, "Yo, are you gonna come to Orlando City play? See Orlando City play?" And they ask me who they're playing against. And if there is a Spanish player that's a big name, they'll be like, "Get me tickets." Yeah. Yeah. If not, they don't. They <laughs> don't go. So basically, for the like, we don't But think about this: we don't have to look so far away. Think about our fan base before the MLS days. Predominantly, what was it? It was. It wasn't Hispanics. I'll tell you that. Okay. It was now it's full of Hispanics in the, yeah, in the stadium. Why? Yeah. Because, because first division. Because now the people yeah. that are coming respect well, the people yeah, that are yeah. playing. With Kaka yeah. and stuff yeah. like that when he came. You right? see what but, I'm saying? Yeah, so that's a good point. Even that's a good you're point. right with that. It, it, the Hispanic community did grow with the MLS going into yeah. the MLS. Now you're saying that we're Peruvians at Yoshi because no, before they'd but, be like, <laughs> they, they, you know, they would say, I only watch Real Madrid and but Barcelona. But I still think the stadium, if you go around, it's still more white people than a Hispanic, and. More and it is. being Portuguese, and I know even the only reason why we were watching it why because Rafael Ramos was there, Estrella was there back in the day. Now, you you go By talk way, to a port- those are the sweetest guys I've ever met. Yeah, <laughs> they're very good. I'm I don't so know what happened. Yeah, I thought it was so a Portuguese nice. thing, but JJ no. just proves that. No, no, no. so yeah. no, such nice <laughs> guys. I used, to take, I used to take him to training, I used to uh-huh. give him a ride every day to training. It was yeah, yeah. Really cool dude. Rafa Ramos used to be always uh, asleep on the way there. And I used to ask Estrella, <laughs> what the heck is wrong with him? I wrote the practice. He said, he stayed up one night talking to his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, 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 met, Rafa. Yeah. I met Rafa a couple of times. He's super nice. One time yeah. he talked nice to me for kids. 20 minutes at a 7-Eleven. Nice yeah. kids. Super no, nice. them, they're great. They were like a family to me. I, I brought them in and everything. So uh, they have came to my birthday. They've done everything. So That's awesome. Uh, I went to Estrella's birthday with Kaká and all that yeah. at the Portuguese restaurant. Yeah. It was it was awesome, but that's you're getting really emotional, right? Yes, yeah. I am, man. I'm <laughs> I wish Rafa was still here. But yeah, you know, going back to the going back to attendance, I think that's that's kind of where it lies. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. They're gonna have to bring a big name player, but not only bring a big name player, somebody that can play that yeah. can play as well. And yeah. they, they play. They have a fun style to keep Bert, you know, Bert Halter and everything. So that that's probably conducive to attendance. But also too, there's different kind of Latinos. They think just because Austin's mostly Mexican, that they're just gonna show up. And Miguel's brought insight to that. But the, some of the demographics here, it, there's a lot of Puerto Ricans. We didn't grow up with the game as a Puerto Rican. You're seeing a lot of growth. Look at the Ruckus oh, yeah. Those guys are, are great. Look how much passion they show all the time and support. But it's not something, a sport that we grew up with. Just because we're Latinos doesn't mean Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and Cubans are just going to like soccer because they have Spanish names. That's yeah. not how it works. So, but to Austin advantage, it is mostly Mexican yeah. and uh, uh, Central American as well, yeah, yeah, which Austin is a, has a huge an advantage. soccer. Yeah. Which a huge soccer, uh, you know, liking. So uh, that's an advantage there. But yeah, they uh, have the could, edge there on that for sure. For sure. All right. What's well, uh, another yeah, question? Yeah, so, Clayton, um, Clayton now, had a whole bunch. So. Yeah, we had a, just a couple here. Mm-hmm. Um, now you spent time in NASL, NASL with Jacksonville. The, he, his question is: Does he? Do you think NAS, NASL is mostly to blame for its collapse, or do you think uh, the blame is on the USSF? like a lot of uh, NASL owners are saying. You know what? Unfortunately, uh, for the NASL, I think they tried to compete with the MLS, and that was their biggest mistake. And what happened there is they started to bring players and pay them outrageous salaries, mm-hmm. and it was just – it was still Division Two, yeah. And it goes back to attendances. And why weren't people going? If we have, you know, uh, if we Cole. have Joe Cole, if we have Raul yeah, correct. The, in the right. New York Cosmos – it's because it's still Division Two, yeah, Division and because two. besides Raul and the players that people don't know, the people that are coming to the stadium, if they come to the stadium, they think they're better than the players that are playing. They think, they think, oh my God, look at that guy that just that guy just messed up the ball. If you go to the Sunday League, you'll find a lot of players that could play there. No, it's not that way yes. because organized soccer is a completely different monster. If I bring, if I bring. Uh, uh, Christian Iguita to uh, Thursday night XL soccer, yeah. and people don't know, will they be able to tell that he's a professional player, a top-level professional player? No, because no. J- Christian Iguita ain't going to dribble everybody in the field, and that's what people think is good soccer. And it, and, and, and it, the Internet is to blame for that, and, uh, and our roots are to blame for that yeah. because that's what we want to always see, beautiful soccer. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, uh, do I think that uh, Austin uh, – sorry, well, I, I lost my – Jacksonville. 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 Yeah. Do I think that the NSL is to blame for their own 
demise. I think uh, that the ownership group trying to compete with the MLS, I think, was a big thing. And the USL, knowing uh, their role, knowing we're not going to compete with the MLS, so the stipulations are a little bit lower, the stadium requirements are a little bit less, uh, the salaries and the cap is a little bit less. I think they did it smart, and there's more sustainability for the and USL. And now they're growing because of it. They're and filling they're, that, that vacuum. And they're going to continue to grow. And also because, you know, the USL teams, the requirements are less. Yeah. So yeah. I think, uh, yes, the NASL kind of messed that up because, you know, they were playing players' uh, salaries that uh, that they just couldn't afford. They just couldn't afford. And it seems to me the ones who talk about a lot about the pro rail and about the NAS NASL and the conspiracies are the, the owners who have the most money who could afford it a little bit, but everybody was trying to pay catch-up with the Cosmos and Miami FC, and they just didn't have the money, right? Yeah. Look at for a lot of those strikers. I mean, you know, Big Ronaldo was just, like, bouncing checks out there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I got a question for you. I know you uh -oh. played indoor last year. Yeah. <laughs> tell me your experience there in the MASL. Dude, it's cool. I have to tell you, uh, you know, that, that, that the Lakeland Tropics, they're 80% Brazilian. Yeah. And those guys. Uh, uh, JP's the only one. I played against JP back in the, JP? in the indoor days yeah, at five yeah, points. Yeah, well, yeah, well, JP was the only different player. <laughs> JP was the only player on that team that understood his role. Everybody else was just uh, technically so gifted that they yeah. all wanted to be the star. And they all were <laughs> stars. Correct. They're really good players. Uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, right before, uh, right before I, uh, I signed for the Austin Astics, my first professional contract in the U.S. I played the uh, PASL, which is kind of the lower division of the of the MISL, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. I feel that that was it. it uh, my MO was always playing with my feet Correct. and making reaction saves. That was my MO, and that's indoor soccer. So I played this. Uh, I played a season PASL, and I made it to the All Star team. Yeah. Went to Stockton. California to play against the team over there. Got offered a contract to play professional indoor soccer, but I just never grew up uh, wishing and dreaming to be playing arena soccer. So I turned it down and then, you know, went down and signed for the Aztecs, and then the story went on from there. That being said, I always had a lot of fun playing indoor. So this time around, when they reached out to me to go out there and play, you know, I, I was really excited about it because it's a lot of fun. And unless the quality of the outdoor game is is really good i would much rather go watch an indoor soccer oh, yeah. game than to watch Remember two teams tattoo that are not. back in the day with yeah, the dallas sidekicks man. yeah for sure and everything so, so. yeah and now to you know, give them a shout out there's a new team well, coming kissimmee. to orlando yeah and kissimmee at the uh That's what right. is it the silver spurs uh, yeah arena hopefully if uh if i stop going to taco tuesday every tuesday i might have a chance to <laughs> hop on yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, we get a chance to but name i can't them, promise right? that <laughs> you can't promise okay and um i also you know this is a you know I guess an awkward question, but since you you know went to Orlando, you you, you had uh, some great seasons on some great teams in the USL. There were you you were among the players that people who felt disappointed didn't get a chance in MLS. Do you have any we'll talk about that or any insight about that? Uh, you know what is um, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, obviously, I have my thoughts and the reasons. Uh, you know, uh, promises and uh, that were made, uh, opportunities that might have let go because of the dream of staying here where I love the people and the people love me back. And then at the end, everything changed. New people came in. People wanted, you know, people had their guys. People had their interests. And a lot of things that were out of my control, they were even out of agents' control, out of agents' uh, and Phil's control. And so that's just the way it is. You know, for me, uh, I had a purpose here in Orlando City as a player. Uh, I thought I, I played my role. I'm happy with the fact that people consider me that I was an important part of making Orlando what it is today. I think Definitely it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a huge uh, uh, it's very flattering for me and it's a huge honor. Obviously, I did it because uh, I love the game and I always wanted to be the best that I could be. You know, do I think do I wish you know things would have been different? I, I can't really say because the way everything's turned out so far, I'm pretty grateful and it's. Uh, the way life's turned out for me, I just couldn't be more excited. Now I have this opportunity to do well, what I do. You're on TV now, man. I'm on TV. Yeah, yeah. With this face, I'm on TV. Yeah, I barely on. speak English. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, love, I love it. On t I love yeah. watching you on TV. Thank yeah, you, man. Uh, Thank I'm you. I'm just saying that as a homer. I mean, I think <laughs> you, you definitely have become, yeah. uh, you know, if you, if you fell in love with the idea of possibly becoming a club legend, yeah. I mean, no matter which way you had to get there, I think you've gotten there. Thank so. you, man. Yeah. I, honestly, I really appreciate it. Every, the, the support has been incredible. Uh, you know, I'm a work in progress. I continue to 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 learn. I think uh, I'm I'm far far where 
from where I want to become as a broadcaster, but I'm just so blessed to continue to have this opportunity that I know could be over tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I don't have any regrets. I don't have anything negative to say about anybody. It is what it is, and I'm just so happy and so blessed about the way things turned out. Yeah, I, I reached out to you on Twitter just to kind of, well, you know, after after you've seen at the beginning um, um, matches and you're broadcasting, just, just impressed. And as a Latino, I think, uh, I think it's great because you're commanding your second language. You're talking in your second language for a living and providing for your family. That's pretty great. <laughs> so that, that's not easy to do when you have, like, parents who grow up and don't speak English and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I think that's phenomenal. And then your ability to speak both languages has given us insight on our Latin players that we wouldn't get elsewhere. Yeah. You, you lose – when you do your interviews with Figuita and, and Yoshi, they open up differently than if uh, Rafa um, is translating. It's right. not the same when you know both languages. Yeah. And also, the hats off to you for being humble enough to take this opportunity. You could have easily taken your ball and gone home and not giving the club a chance. And now now you're brought into it like 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 um, Alex said and you're beloved by everybody. So thank you man. Good I appreciate you, man. that guys. I really appreciate that uh, you know all the compliments and everything. You know uh, thank you guys for having me here. Yeah, thanks for coming. And the door's really always cool. open by it's, the way. It's been really cool. This is a cool place man. Next time I might take you up on a little beer or two. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey you smoke a Taco Tuesday. They have Taco yeah. Tuesday here. <laughs> they have really good taco. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. yeah. The guy that cooks some well, meat all day. Just yeah. Yeah. Well, if yeah. I'm trying to jump today. if I'm trying to continue to stay fit and maybe jump on the arena team I think he's got me a bash out. Might be a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go real quickly to the uh, San Jose previews. Uh, what you guys think about the game uh, this Saturday against San Jose at 7.30 at Orlando City Stadium. Uh, Alex, you're first. Full strength lineup. Uh, everybody should be healthy aside from Specs. Specter's out still with the concussion, but like, I, like I've been saying over and over again, not something you want to mess with, that concussion. Yeah. Uh, give him his time. We're doing pretty well. We're getting a good gel between uh, Amro and Sané. Uh, as far as the game goes, I think we make it four in a row. I don't think there's any reason not to. Uh, once again, we saw what, what Portland did traveling across the country to Orlando. It's a really tough game. Um, they could play for 75 or 80 minutes, but it's really tough to put a full 90 together when you're making that 3,000-mile road trip. Uh, I think San Jose comes in. You know, might be a little bit flat. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the shutout streak extend to two straight games. I think nice. Orlando City wins 2-0 um, again. 2-0. Who scores? Who scores? Uh, I'll take, I think, Miram with a brace. I think Miram will nice. get two. I think. Ah, I like it. I've been waiting for it. I think it's like a zipper for him. I think once he just, if the first one goes in, it's going to just be a, a waterfall of, of goals. I was worried so. where you were starting with the analogy when you said zipper. <laughs> He's just going to bust out. He's going to bust out of there. Uh, I think uh, I think if he, once he gets one, the second will be quick to follow. Yeah, I like it. I think um, I think I think we win again. Uh, I've been picking Miriam to score every week because I believe in him, and I think he's just you know. Don't change due. it now because then he'll he's, score yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. Or he, maybe do change it no, now so he's. You're scores. right. It could be me. It could be me. You know? <laughs> you're right. So, but I think he's due, and he's been so close. You know, it's just a matter of time. And and uh, I think uh, um, Dwyer and Sasha connecting. I think Miriam's going to do really well. Yeah. I think we need to focus on ninety. That last we should have beat San Jose last year at San Jose. And then Wando had that late, late goal. Wando is now a super sub. He's going to come in late with extra energy. And that little guy is sneaky. Unless he plays Belgium, he finds some way to score <laughs> score a goal. So um, we have to give a full 90, and I think our defense will hold up. And I'm going to go 2-0-2. Two, two. I'm going to go Merrim, one of them. And then uh, just for fun, I'm still going to go with my set-piece goal that I've been saying for three weeks. And Sané gets one on a set-piece. All right. He's close, hasn't he? He has. Really, I've been saying it for really three close. weeks. Yeah. He's been really close. Yeah, I think it's going to be – listen, no game in this league is easy, right? Uh, That's true. And the other thing is, one of the things that you said about Wondolowski is that uh, he was also able to score when he wanted, you know, not so f not, not, not so long so ago. Yeah. And now last game he was a sub, I think it was the third time in, like, forever. <laughs> and uh, I think if he does get the opportunity to come in this game, I think he'll have something to prove. I think he'll have a little bit of an extra chip on his shoulder. And those type of players are dangerous on top of the fact that uh, he wasn't the young guy. He's very good. And you also have that midfielder, Ericsson, who's also a really good player. Scored a couple goals already. Nice finish. So I think Orlando City is going to have to be very weary of those players. Uh, like you say, I think Orlando City is going to have a strong squad. Uh, it should be a win for Orlando City. Uh, not a comfortable one. Um, and I, 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 I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I think it might be a little miscommunication there, a little ugly goal by San Jose, and I think Orlando City is going to have to overcome that situation. But I think Orlando City takes all three. All right. Yes, all right. I, 
My prediction. Here's my prediction. Man, Miguel, let me tell you, his is uh, the ones we you know keep people on the edge <laughs> of the seat. That. He said uh, Philly was going to start strong. They started kind of strong until yeah. we derailed them last week. But then he, uh, he said we're going to score four goals. Four goals, we, and yeah. we hadn't scored any against Red Bull. He's like, we're going to score four, and look what we do. We come out and score yeah. four. So let's hear uh, what he's going to say next. And then, then I said, uh, and then right I said, uh, my, what was it? Orlando City was going to make that turn and start. Yeah, away. you said it around this time. Yeah, it's just been Cleo. Where's the little ball that you're rubbing? I don't see it right here. So. Three to one, Orlando uh, defeats. Yeah. Uh, three to one. Um, little Ronaldo scores one. Oh. Uh, nice. Dwyer scores one, and then Miram scores yeah. the other. Oh, cool. So, uh, and who who doesn't know who Leonardo Ronaldo is? It's uh, Chris Mueller, and then the other one, give I'll give it to Wando. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Just giving it to Wando. Yeah. Uh, but three one, Orlando wins. I think we'll, we got a strong team. I think we uh, are finally clicking, even though we against Philadelphia was kind of rough. Uh, but I think we're starting to – that offense is starting to click. The yeah. defense is starting to get there. So, And I think this team, given yeah. two or three weeks, it's going to be a scary team. I think so. And uh, I think uh, there's a lot of players offensively that we have not even seen one yeah. one half of what they can do. I think Justin Mirren is one of them. Yeah. I think Justin Mirren was given a big responsibility in the beginning of the season, having Dom Dwyer out, having Josue Coleman out, having uh, not having Sasha Kleston. Yeah. So I think he felt like the attacking responsibility fell on his shoulder, and that's a lot. It's a big, big, t- big thing to carry. So I think as he starts to continue to get more comfortable with the guys around him, to know that he's not the only one that's uh, supposed to be the goal scorer and the provider of opportunities, I think he'll start to free himself and kind of get more confidence. And I think he's going to be very, very important piece of Orlando City in the attack. Yeah, you saw Merrim at the end of the game, how much like he had more space, and then he, he made a great pass before he was looking on to hold the ball a lot and make things happen. And so I, I think that's that's a that's a great call, Merrim. And I think on the bench, I'm excited about our options. If the, my starting lineup's right, we have Coman who could come in and change the game, and Pino. So yeah. I, I think maybe we go up one nothing, and one of the, you know those guys come in, and we've seen how impactful subs have been the last two matches. And I like what you say, JJ, about uh, we're kind of ramping up, we're heating up. Um, not to look ahead in the schedule, but San Jose, obviously very winnable uh, on the road against Colorado. That's always a tough game. I don't care anybody says going up there to the altitude is yeah, a tough game. Uh, I'll be You'll there. Be there. And that'll be awesome. <laughs> it's really high up there. Uh, <laughs> and then we have uh, Orlando City, Real Salt Lake. So Jason Christ against his old team. But hopefully we'll vamp it up. We could get a lot of points in the next three on our way to Atlanta at home, May 13th. Big game. You know, that's going to be – that might be the season the, the, the season setter. You know, if we can get three in that game and make it dominating, you could see us making a run for – yeah. Maybe supporter. the supporter shield. Let's take it one game at a time. Guys. I agree. <laughs> one game at a time. Yeah, I agree we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I, I like I'm the excited way for ramping up. Yes. I mean, I think uh, I, I watching. I watched the whole NYCFC and Atlanta yeah. game, and just watching those two. But you know what, though, we're talking like, about we're talking about so us gross. getting better and gelling and uh, associations around the field. But we're not the only ones that are getting better. So yep. if you saw a team right now yeah. on the other side, oh, you know that team's not very good. Well, when we they're going to continue to get better just as we are. So it's going to continue to get tougher. So uh, no game is easy in this situation, especially never in a away game. It's uh, I think we t- we people put a premium on uh, on getting any especially points at all. MLS, yep. Correct. All right, Miguel. Well, thank you for uh, joining us tonight um, uh, here on Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Remember, your door's always open. Feel free to come anytime you want. Um, guys, uh, like Cleon says, no Aguita, no party. No party. Uh, and Cleon said, we, we saw last week, mo Higuita, mo party. Mo Higuita, mo party. <laughs> Once again, we had Miguel Gallardo here from Orlando City. Thank you very much. Thanks, Miguel. I appreciate it, man. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you, Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week. See you next Go week. City. Go City. Thanks for listening to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and at OrlandoLionsDen.com. 